I'm Janine. Okay. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is G.E. Smith. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Janine. It's great to be here. Irvine, I played Irvine. Isn't there a... Uh, amphitheater? The amphitheater? Yes. And, and something else used to be there like a long time ago, like in the 80s, there was an outdoor venue near Irvine. Oh, the... Um, was it Walnut Creek? Uh... Or is that somewhere well, I wasn't living there then, but no, there was a, near Wild Rivers. There was something else. Maybe. 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 Anyway, I've played Irvine for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you said you're out of uh, New York or, or outside right. of New well, York. Well, we, uh, I lived in New York City, obviously, for many, many years. But um, now we're out in Amagansett, which is straight out, in, straight out in the ocean from New York City on Long Island. About 70, 80 miles. Okay. Nice. It's nice. Yeah. How are you doing with the quarantine and? Well, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm fine. Luckily, uh, me and my wife and, and our daughter, we're, we're healthy. You know, nobody Good. got sick, which is great. Fantastic. Some friends of ours have gotten sick. We just heard this morning a, a very good friend of, of my wife, Taylor is her name, my, my wife. Very good friend of hers just found out, you know, that, that she's got it and she's not feeling well. She's in Ugh. Florida. So, uh, but we've been lucky. Good. Good. Now, so, not being able to play, obviously, is is terrible on uh, a bunch of levels, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw a video of you, an inter interview with you, and you talked about, I think you were 10 or 11, and it was January 13th, 1952. That's the guitar that, that my mom bought me. Yeah. Uh, back then in, in January of, of 63. Oh, 63. My 11th birthday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we went out to, to, to get me a guitar because an opportunity had come up for me to, to play with some people and make some money, older people, you know. Okay. But it, uh, my 11th birthday was coming up. So me and my mom went shopping and in our little town in Pennsylvania, there wasn't a lot of choice, you know, but there were two good used electric guitars. There was a Gibson and a Fender. Okay. The Gibson was $200. The Fender was $100. So there was no doubt we were going to get the Fender. You know, right. I have a little booklet where my mom paid it off $15 a month, you know, Love it. and uh, I still have that guitar. I was born January 27th, mm -hmm. 1952, and the guitar is dated January 13th, 1952. So we were meant to be together. I love it. And, and you continue to play that guitar. I still have that guitar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a Fender Telecaster and it's a wonderful instrument and I've played that on everything I ever did. I love that. Yeah. Before we started, you were talking about how having that guitar gives you such peace of mind and ease and comfort. What do you think it is that made you gravitate towards the guitar? Well, I got a guitar when I was, when I was four. I went down in the basement with my mom. She was gonna go do the laundry, you know? So she took me downstairs to keep an eye on me. You know, I was only four. Yeah. And uh, I said, what's that thing hanging on the wall? And she said, oh, that used to belong to your uncle George, who I'm named after. She said, it used to belong to your uncle George. I said, what is it? She said, it's called a guitar. I said, can I have it? So she gave it to me, you know? And this was in the summer. And I took it out in the backyard and I would lay it in front of me and I would bang on the low string. It was an old acoustic guitar <laughs> from the 30s, just a cheapo, you know. Sure. Special collegiate brand it was. 
and uh, something about watching watching that string vibrate, you know, mm-hmm. just really got to me. And at some point, you know, when you're little and you figure things out, you know, yes. at some point I went, oh, the vibration makes the sound. Mm-hmm. And then I went, oh, yeah, buildings, straight lines, up in the air, down on the ground, you know, because when you're a baby, you're just in this little ball of everything. Ah, sure. you know. Then at some point you figure out the world. Yeah. To whatever extent we each figure it out. And uh, yeah, so so I've always had a guitar, so it just feels natural to me to have it on. What I mentioned to you before was that uh, uh, people will often ask me if I'm nervous when I go out on stage in front of a great big audience. Yeah. And I say, no, I'm not nervous. When I put that guitar on, then I'm okay. It's the rest of the time, you know, right. normal life. I get it. I get it. It was cool reading your bio, how you were with Hall and Oates. I think it was, um, was it 79 to 82? 79 to 85. 85? Yes, because I was a teenager mm-hmm. cranking up those albums in my yeah. room in Stanford. And little did I know. Yep. We made yes. some good uh, records. That when I first joined the band in uh, the summer of 79, they were in a little bit of a slump. Uh, we they were finish, finishing up a record. They had been using different guitar players, and um, I came in, and it, it just worked out good. We we're all Pennsylvania guys, you know. Daryl and John are both from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, we got along good. And musically, we got along good. We went out on the road, and I was getting two hundred dollars a month. I'm uh, not a month, like two hundred dollars a week, hundred dollars to play the guitar, mm-hmm. and hundred dollars to drive one of the station wagons. We were going okay. around in like three station wagons with our gear and everybody and playing joints. I mean, mm. we were playing bars and any place we could. Sure. But pretty quick things went up and continued to go up, you know, to and in, in the 80s, obviously, you know, early 80s, those first five, six years of the 80s, they were just the biggest thing going. Sure. Yeah. I love their music. I was really lucky to be there. Yeah, they made good, they, they wrote good songs, uh, great performers. We had a really good band. We were just lucky. We were just right. And we were um, the dawn of MTV. Mm-hmm. You know, we were right there. Uh, their manager at the time was a fellow called Tommy Matola. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, Tommy was hooked up. He knew those people that were going to put MTV on the air. So we made videos before. So we were ready. When that came on, we had seven or eight videos ready to go. Ahead of your time. Yeah, it was lucky. Very cool. And how did you get involved with SNL? Um, in the late 70s, when I, when I moved to New York City, um, I, I got, I, I had played for a while with a band called Desmond Child and Rouge. And we, we did a tour of the United States and made a record, really good record. You know, sometimes it's funny, I was thinking about this this morning. I've played on some really good records that were not hits. And I've played on some really good records that were hits. Sure. I played on some crappy records that were hits too. You know, we won't <laughs> talk about those. But um, anyway, I played with this Desmond Child and Rouge band. Desmond then went on to write lots of big songs. Uh, he wrote with Aerosmith, Bon wow. Jovi. Like big, big songs, you know, right. Love in an Elevator. I'm pretty sure that's him. Dude looks mm-hmm. like the lady. 
Um, anyway, the girls, Rouge, who were the singers, three of them, they got the job. Gilda Radner from SNL was doing a, a one-woman show on Broadway. Yes. In the summer of 78. And they got the job being in that show. And then they were, they were holding auditions for the, the band, for like the house band, you know? Yeah. And I went in, the girls got me the audition to come in and audition as the guitar player. And I Ooh. got the job. And then as things happen, you know, you meet everybody, but me and Gilda wound up getting married eventually. Sure. We were married for a few years. And uh, that's how I met all the Saturday Night Live people. Amazing. And when Saturday Night Live, um, Saturday Night Live started in 1975, ran to 1980, and then Lauren Michaels, who had created the show, left the show. Right. And he was gonna come back now, 1985 comes. I'm playing with Daryl and John. The last show that we did was Live Aid, I think, in the middle okay. of the summer of 85. And then they wanted to take a break because we'd been working for six years straight. Whoa. Touring around the world, <clears throat> took about nine months every year and then make a new record for a couple months, couple weeks off, back out on the road nine months make another you know what a life yeah it was great i'm not complaining mm -hmm. um and then so so they stopped in the middle of the summer of 85 so i'm like okay great you know and then the fall of 85 comes up lauren michaels is going back to the show he uh gets a hold of me and asked me to do the band so wow just you know i've been very lucky to meet some some people along the way, you know, that yeah. kept things moving. What was that like, that whole experience? I mean, look at the musical experience, but also the talent you got to meet. It was great. I mean, it was so much fun, you know, uh, to be there, you know, me as, as a band guy, you know, to be there like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, mm. Pearl Jam, Nirvana was on a couple times. So many uh, uh, great acts. I got to play with Al Green. Twice, Whoa. You know, <laughs> um, lots of lots of stuff. You know, we would often get to play with people that that came on. Some of us so from cool. the band. And yeah, it was just it, like I, I was just so lucky to be in these places and and get to do these things. By the way, growing up, did you take lessons? Were you self-taught? Did you train yourself, ear training? Um, so uh, I'm four, I get the little guitar. I'm knocking it around in the backyard. By the time I'm like seven, I've kind of figured out how to play like C, F, G, you know, <laughs> chords, and I'm starting to figure things out. I might've got a book, you know, with, with some chord shapes in it. Good. And, um, but where I lived in Pennsylvania, there, there was nothing going on back then. You know, there were no, this is pre Beatles, you know? So, well, so they, no, it's not like everybody on earth plays the guitar. Like it is now, especially electric, especially electric. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was still just playing acoustic, you know? Okay. So when I was seven, um, again, out in that same backyard and uncle George, whose guitar used to be comes over with his girlfriend at the time. 
And she sees me and goes, oh, you can kind of play. Do you want a real guitar? Well, I'm seven, of course. I say, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. She shows yeah. up a couple of days later, not only with a decent instrument, a Martin, Martin guitar, which is really very good guitar, made in Pennsylvania. Uh, she shows up with a Martin guitar and more importantly, like a 14 year old Irish girl who was her nanny that summer for her kids. And the Irish girl played and she taught me some things. Amazing. And that really got me started. I wish I remember her name. I don't, I still have the piece of paper where she wrote down some stuff. She taught me a, an Irish song called Mari's Wedding. And uh, uh, the thing that she really taught me though is finger picking, you know, instead of just using a pick, yes. right? She taught me to, to pick with my fingers like, It's called Travis picking after a guy named Merle Travis from Kentucky. Okay. But um, so she got me started, you know, on, on, on the road to actually sort of being able to play. That's amazing. And then I was off and running. Off and running. Whoa. Do you find that um, my show, it's called Get the Funk Out. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that guitar has been your way of keeping sane at times when life was really bumpy? Yes, both sane and insane. I think it, it took me both places. I'm being very serious. I mean, yeah. I, it sounds funny, but I'm being very serious. Yes, it sure. took me to both. Took me to both places. Yeah, definitely. It's always a place. No matter what's going on, you know, I can, at some point, get off by myself, pick up a guitar or a mandolin. Mm -hmm. I play a lot of mandolin, and uh, it's comforting. It is. Sure. Which we need right now. Sure thing. We always need it. We always need a little yeah. pump, you know, but right now for sure. Yeah. Tell me about, you've got some new music. Tell me about yeah. the work you've been doing now. Uh, in January of 2019, my wife, Taylor, Taylor Barton, she was listening to, to some playlist or something, you know, some Spotify or whatnot. And I hear this singer. And I go, who is that? She says, well, his name's Leroy Bell. He's a guy from Seattle. Mm -hmm. That's the voice. I've been looking for a singer for like 30 years. It's the hardest thing to find. Drummers and singers are the hardest thing to find because they're the, really the most important thing in the band. It's rhythm-based music, sure. rock and roll, blues. You know, it's rhythm-based music. So mm -hmm. it starts with the drummer. Yeah. And then you got to have a great singer. You know, I can play the guitar a little bit, but I'm not a great singer. You need a world-class singer if you're yes. really going to do something. You know, you need Daryl Hall or, or you know, yeah. somebody with that kind of voice. Never been able to get a hold of one. And I said, this is the guy. So Taylor gets a hold of him, finds his management and, and invites him. And he comes here to our house in January 2019. And we got along really good. And he's, he's a good songwriter. And he had, he had written some new songs. And we sat down and started playing them. And then two days later, we were starting to go to the studio and we got it all recorded over the next few months. It was done by last fall and it was supposed to be released first in March. We oh, were great. South by Southwest. Okay. Uh, introduce our project. It's called Stony Hill, the project, but it's G.E. Smith and Leroy Bell. And uh, we were going to play three sets over a couple days in Texas there at South by Southwest. And then we were going to go out on tour, you know, yes. which you got to do. You got to go out and make friends. 
introduce the record to people and and then of course here comes the old one nine and uh exactly the virus got us and we were boom so i think that um you know it's hard to tell but i think in another if nothing had happened as far as the virus i think we would have really been able to get somewhere because it's a really good record uh it's right. got some songs on it that that speak to all the things that are going on today yeah. you know uh Leroy's black obviously I'm white you know it, yeah. it's it's a, a good um mix me and him it, it's funny we laugh we both grew up listening to the same records you know like we both loved all the R&B stuff the Motown stuff you know the Temptations the Four Tops the Supremes we also love uh, the Memphis stuff Al Green you know sure uh, but at the same time, we were listening to Cream and The Who and The Stones and and Rush. We both love Rush, you know. So similar. So, so similar. So, so we have that yeah. mix of right. the, you know, and that's that's American music. It's mm -hmm. that mix of the two things, you know, yeah. the black music and the white music. Right. That's what makes the funk, mm -hmm. you know. That's what makes it good. You bet. In my ears. Yeah. So we got along really good. But I, the virus really um, has hurt us. So as the record finally got released, they uh, put out a couple of the singles. We have a song called America. I love that one. I think it's good, you know. It's really good. Uh, but because of the virus, we've had a very difficult time, frankly, to getting it out to people. Getting, you know, getting yeah. it. Because there's so much stuff. I know. In this time, there's always so much stuff coming out. Yeah, but uh, it I think it really hurt us that, that we couldn't go out and play live. So right, but, but you must have had good press for it, haven't you? We had we had pretty decent press. Rolling Stone was very kind to us. Yes, saw uh, that. Some some places that that I thought would have been excited about it weren't, and and I'll never know why. You know, the it's a funny thing, the right. uh, the entertainment business. You're you right. Know? And there is so much stuff coming out, good stuff. You know, in the young, younger people, we're old guys, you know, younger people are coming along and putting out good stuff. Now you gotta, the young ones are always gonna come in. I was a young guy once and I pushed out the old guys that were ahead of me, you know, so yeah. that's just how it happens. Right. But I, I you know, I think that, that if we could get people to hear it a little more, I think they'd really like it because it's a good record. Sure. Well, I'm going to feature a couple of songs Thank on you. this segment. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to feature America. Great. Taylor sent it to me um, and maybe a couple other ones. So absolutely. Good. Yeah. What would you tell people right now who are musicians who are struggling? Wow, we're all struggling. You know, um, I've worked, I think, since March, maybe four or five times. You know, and obviously not live in front of an audience. You know, I did right. one st studio date. I did seven, me and Leroy did some uh, online things, you know. And I don't know, what, what, what can we do? What can anybody, not just musicians, you know, there's all kinds of people yeah. have, have had their jobs heavily affected by this. Yes. And what can we do? You know, we hang in there and hope this vaccine comes along and, and that in six months from now, we'll all be able to do what we used to do. It's going to be interesting. A lot of the places 
where people like me play, you know, they're going to be gone. I know. These clubs so can't, they can't survive for a year right. without doing shows. Right. You know, they, they have a two week kind of uh, gap, a lot of them, you know, where they got enough money to survive for two yeah. weeks without doing something, not for a year. Sure. So I, it's going to be, it's really hard. Really you know hard. what I was thinking though recently? Um, here you have these stadiums where you have football games, and I guess right. you don't have fans there, but they broadcast it. Why couldn't venues broadcast a concert, you know, with a bunch of musicians and have people pay to watch it? Or I think that they're trying to do some of that. And early on, like, you know, April, May, some of that stuff was, was doing okay. But now people are overwhelmed by how much is on there. Right. And I, I know that even some like pretty big acts have, have done things and they just don't get that many people to pay to watch it because there's so much free stuff on. Sure. But it would be folks, folks want to be free now. I know. The well, the other thing they could offer is a chance to actually have something like this, like to actually meet the artist before or after as a perk. Yeah, that's that's a nice thing, you know. Um, I don't I don't know the answer. I, I think yeah. that everybody was pretty hopeful at we first. Were. Positions. We, we were all pretty hopeful, you know, men and women that I've talked to uh, were all pretty hopeful. I know people that have done lots of stuff that have done a couple hundred online things. I know people that have done four or five like me. Yeah. And nobody seems to have been tremendously successful at it. It's so hard. Yeah. It's not the same connection as being there. Nothing like being there. The biggest couple things that I know personally, people that I know happened when they did last summer, they did some drive-in concerts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Where, where people came in their cars and uh, the band was right there in front of them. So it was, it was a that show. Works. It was yeah. a show and you're sitting in your car. Um, there was some problems though with some of them where people got out of their cars and were dancing and, oh. and the towns had to say, oh, you can't do that anymore. And no dancing. Got... Yeah, no dancing. <laughs> well, I think for me, uh, my dad bought me a guitar at 14 and really? I broke up with it like a relationship. But I remember living in Boston and taking lessons for nine years. I was dreaming. I was an outstanding guitarist. And I thought, mm -hmm. hello, pay attention to this dream. And music has really carried me through some challenging times. It's been the thing I'll turn to when I need an escape. Right. So it's so inspiring. And I remember watching you in SNL. And at first I was yeah, like, who is that cool guy? Yeah. It's funny. Most, it's fun. most people... Um, got a got a pretty positive impression from me mm -hmm. you know, on TV. But of course, not everybody, not everybody's gonna like it, you know? I remember right. one day at the kind of height of the time I was there after I'd been there for five or six years uh, and I was living in New York City. What I loved would be like when, when the, the, uh, the city garbage trucks would come down the street maybe, you know? And this really happened great big like 250 pound guy working as sanitation worker oh gee how you doing man you know nice. like, yes or, or a couple times like undercover cops playing clothes pull over mm -hmm. and go they see me carrying my guitars go gee man you need a ride 
Let us give you a ride somewhere. <laughs> Stuff like that. But one time I'm walking down uh, 7th Avenue and one of those like bike messenger guys goes by mm -hmm. looking at me. And I kind of look at him and I, you know, and then he goes, oh, you suck. You suck. And I went, oh, that's <laughs> great. I loved it. I love really? not everybody's going to like you. And I just thought, yeah. yes, you know, freedom goes both ways, right? I True. Mean, look at today. If people would just think about that, I mean, look, I'm so happy that, that, that Biden and, and, and Harris got elected. You know, I'm personally very happy about that, right? Yeah. Uh, not everybody obviously is. I know, I know. But both the Trump folks and people like me that think like I do have to realize freedom goes both ways. Yes. You're allowed to like that. Now, I think perhaps, uh, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he says, no, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. beyond when, when he encourages the white nationalism and all that stuff. No, right. I'm not done with that. But the basic idea of freedom going both ways, if people would realize that and relax, we're all Americans. Right. You know? Anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think it gave a lot of us a sense of positivity right now. Right. I think it did. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of folks are real shook up about it, too. You know? Oh, I know. So, but we'll, you know, hopefully we'll get through this next, what, about another month or so. Yeah. And that will be all over with and we can uh, well, hopefully relax a little. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Um, what is your day? What's the day like for you right now? Like, do you, are you playing a lot? Or are you collaborating? You know? Um, not so much collaborating because there's not out here where I live. There, there's not a whole lot of other people to play with. Um, you know, uh, uh, right now my daughter's home from college. That's good. You know, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's home till the middle of January. And, um, you know, what do I do? I get up really early and then I always drive down every morning. I drive down to the ocean. You know, Beautiful. Sure still there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ocean's still there. That means we're okay. And then I come home and, and, uh, you know, maybe get coffee for my wife and my daughter and, mm -hmm. uh, make sure the dogs and the cat are okay. You know? Yeah. And, you know, just stuff. But I do, I play a lot around That's the good. house. I play, uh, I come down here in the basement and um, because I, I don't want to drive them completely crazy, you know, playing all the time. But um, yeah. Cool. I what's your, what's hope, your, uh, what? No, go ahead. No, I'm nothing. I was going to say, what's your favorite gear right now? Well, I've been playing a lot of mandolin. Okay. Uh, uh, a lot, you know, I have some nice instruments. I was lucky I, I started uh, uh, buying these, what are now called vintage guitars, vintage instruments, you know, back in the late 60s, 70s, when they were just used old weird stuff that nobody <laughs> really wanted. I mean, it was, the stuff was free back then, you know. Really? I, I tell young people about, about, you know, when I first started, even in the early 80s, when I'd go on the road with Daryl and John, you know, this is before eBay or any of that stuff, before the internet, right? Mm-hmm. When you went out in the middle of the country, like to, I remember Salt Lake City, there was one whole long strip of pawn shops. Wow. 
you could buy in one day like 10 or 15 really nice things, nice instruments, you know? Love for nothing. Buy 10 or 15 things and spend a grand, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky. So I have some really good instruments and uh, I kind of rotate through them, you know, to keep interested. And That's I play, great. Play, I play around the house, I mostly play acoustic, acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And then I get the electrics out sometimes, come down here and, you know, make cool. some noise. Yeah. Who, who are some uh, musicians that inspired you growing up? Um, well, I, I, I liked, like, at first, like I say, I was, I was an acoustic guitar player, mm -hmm. you know, a, a folky, you know, the folk music thing right. was happening back then. And uh, I... I cover a song that I learned back in that in those days on on the Stony Hill record by Buffy St. Marie. It's a song called Kodai. Mm -hmm. I actually saw her perform when I was maybe 11 or 12. You know, it's great. Uh, uh, a cousin of mine took me to a, a show. And um, so I was very inspired by a lot of those people. Bob Dylan, right away, mm -hmm. right when the first record came out. I saw it in the in the record shop, and I thought on on the I don't know if you remember the cover of Bob's first record. He's there, he's got his guitar, and he's just kind of looking. He looks like he's about fifteen on the, on that cover, that first record. And um, I thought, well, hey, this guy, he's not that much older than me, and look, he's got a guitar like mine. And, I, and let me get this record, and I just loved it. So I could probably play a his first 10 records, I could probably play every song. You know, I just know all that stuff. And Amazing. then eventually I got to play with Bob. Oh, you did? Amazing, yeah. Uh, played with him for several years while I was doing Saturday Night Live, mm. which was pretty crazy, but. It uh, must've been so surreal to be playing with Tom Petty, you know, was. meeting all these musicians, you know, there they are. Yeah, it was. Um, when, when, Sometimes I, I'd find myself talking to George Harrison or Paul mm. McCartney or something, you know, and, wow. and I would I would get that like surreal kind of mm. oh my God, is this real? Is this, is this really happening? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, this is a beetle. Mm -hmm. I, I worked with Mick Jagger. I I played on his first couple solo albums. Wow. And you know, I love the stones. Mm. I Listened okay. to all those records. I learned all those Keith Richards guitar parts, Brian Jones, Mick Taylor. Um, to, to be, you know, with those people, it was just David Bowie, same thing. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of performing with David Bowie, but he was living in New York City at the time. Mm -hmm. And and we got, actually got to kind of be friends. And, and he'd call me up and say, let's go to the theater or something. Let's go do something. Let's, you know, have go have dinner. You know, and, and it was nicest guy in the world, David Bowie. When David Bowie smiled at you, you were smiled at. You yeah. knew you were smiled at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was, he was. What a friendship. He was really something, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I heard recently that there's a new documentary about Belushi. I just saw that. Yeah, there's a new documentary yeah. about John, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. What a, what a time period to be on the show. Yeah. Right. Well, I wasn't actually on the show. At that time, I know. But I was around because I was with yeah. Gilda. 
So I right. was there and, and, I, and I got to know all those those folks. I knew John and yeah. spent time with him, uh, Danny Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray. Great, great guy. I still see Bill time to time here and there, you know, great guy. That's Real amazing. Smart guy. So, uh, anything else you'd uh, like people to know about you? Uh, well, I, I would, I would hope people like just go on YouTube and, and look, GE Smith, Leroy Bell, Stony Hill, listen to some of the songs. Mm -hmm. I think that there's some good stuff there. I think people would like it if they got to hear it. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but give it a try. I YouTube think it sounds great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you know, what I didn't ask you is what was the process for the two of you putting these songs together? Did you write the lyrics together? I mean, I know he's um, the singer, but. Well, uh, I would say most of the record Leroy wrote. I, there's one song I wrote entirely. Mm -hmm. There's a couple songs that I added some stuff to with Leroy. Um, what we would do, it was, it was like kind of the modern way of recording. A friend of mine out here on Long Island has a good studio. So we would go to his house, just me and Leroy, and we would start with a, with a drum beat. You know, we would just have a beat that we wanted to work with. And electronically, you know, digitally, we would put that together, put a drum okay. track together. Then I would start putting a guitar on. Mm -hmm. And Leroy would do a vocal. Okay, now it's starting to sound like a song, you know, yes. building it like a cake or something. Sure. You know? And uh, I put the bass on maybe, or, or somebody would play bass. Or, and then when, when we kind of got it all done and together, then we put a real drummer on it. Or some of the songs have two, one song has three drummers on it. You know? Three? Yeah, three different, America, <laughs> the song America. Oh yeah. Has, uh, uh, yeah, three different drummers. Sean Pelton, who's still on Saturday Night Live. Uh, great young drummer named uh, Josh Dion uh, and a guy named Alex Alexander. They're all on there. Um, so, you know, we, we would build it up like that. And then we'd either completely get rid of the electronic drums or maybe keep a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. the, you know, people are real used now to hearing electronic drums because uh, most, most records, unless it's a really a band band, most things we hear now, I, I hear those electronic drums in there and they've got them so good now. They, you know, it's real drum sounds programmed in. So they're using real drum sounds and you're just building it. Yeah. Out of this huge catalog, this library of sounds. Sure. And you build your own parts. You know, it's amazing. I've been looking up Ableton Live and, you know, the digital audio workstations and how people yes. take all the tracks of different things and the whole world it's pretty amazing yeah it's amazing you know look at look at people like um billy eilish her and her, and her brother right right they make these you know they they're really good at constructing these records where you know i'm pre-digital so i come from that era yeah. when you had to get people to come in and play right um but it, you know, a good song is a good song. That's the thing. It always starts out with the song. Right. It still does. It's still yeah. got to be a good song. Have you always been a songwriter? Well, I've always liked to put things together, you know. Uh, sure. You know, you play and stuff comes up. And right. Yeah. I'm, my favorite thing has always been getting to play with great singers, you know. 
and and trying to do the best I can for their songs, you know, uh, whether it was, you know, Bowie or Mick Jagger, Daryl and John, uh, uh, Bob, Roger Waters, you know, different people. These are people that have good songs. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really easy to play and try to just support that song. Yeah. You know, I, I was curious as I'm listening to you talk about your background in guitar is what do you think makes a really solid guitar player? Because it's not necessarily how fast you can shred. No, I don't think it's that at all. In fact, over the years, I've tried to slow down my playing. You know, Neil Young said something to me one time about that, about playing slow, and it really made sense. Um, I think that what makes a really good guitar player is these, if mm-hmm. they listen. You can't only listen to yourself. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for guitar players to fall into that thing of kind of only listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. Even when you're playing in a band, you know, you get the song set. Okay, you know what everybody's doing. Now you don't think about them anymore and you just think about your thing. Gotta listen to everybody else mm-hmm. and play with them. And then it starts to sound like something. Like I always said that I don't just play the guitar, I play the band. Mm, I like that. The band is my instrument. You know, I love to arrange things and, you know, and, and I think it, 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 if I was ever uh, uh, successful at all, it was because of that. It was because of wanting, to, yeah. wanting to make the ensemble sound good, you know? I feel like you're very blessed to have found somebody to perform with because it is very hard to find a singer that you mesh with. It is, it's hard. Singers, singers, if they're good singers, they get grabbed up from their little hometown before anybody even hears about them. Some, the first person that hears about them gets them and that's it, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, the, like everything else, you know, there's so much more of everything now than there mm-hmm. used to be, you know? Like back in the 60s, there just weren't that many people doing it. Now there's zillions of people because there's so many more people. So naturally there's more people doing music. Right. You know, and all kinds of music. There's so many great uh, uh, young performers. Like I've been listening to, um, there's, a, there's a woman named Sarah Jarose. Have you heard Sarah? No. Fantastic. She's nominated for a, for a grant this year. Sarah Jarose. Jarose. Uh, there's a young woman named Molly Tuttle, this amazing guitar player. She's amazing, she's a great singer too, but she's an amazing guitar player. Plays acoustic, like bluegrassy kind of stuff, but she can play anything. And I actually like go on YouTube and, and study her videos and like play along, you know? And that's cool. great, that's great. See, so you could go collaborate with some of these people. Well, probably I could, but uh, who knows, you know? Why not? <laughs> I actually did collaborate with Sarah DeRose already. We, uh, we've done a couple things with her. She's great. That's really cool. And is that on YouTube? Oh, Sarah? Yeah, she's, I mean. Oh, you said, with her? No, um, maybe. We did a show, uh, uh, Taylor thought of an idea a few years back. Uh, we do a show called Portraits, mm-hmm. where it's, it's just one artist and me. And I play along with them. And we've had um, Roger Waters did one. Only solo show he's ever done. This is like in a little tiny theater out here, 300 people. 
you know Amazing. people were coming from germany and south america to see that that was that was that was a big deal uh richard thompson did one who's fantastic but like the avid brothers did one now there wasn't just one artist but it was the the avid brothers yeah. uh and and their band it started out just being scott and then he said, hey, could Seth come? I said, yeah, yeah, you can bring Seth. That'll be all right. You know, and then the band came. And he's and like, what about? <laughs> it just worked out. We just had so much fun. Dawes, great oh. Los Angeles band, you know, Dawes. Yes. Oh, great yeah. Band. Taylor Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. um, we did, uh, but then we also did them with um, Ethan Hawke. Did one. Now, Ethan's from Texas. He's a mm -hmm. guitar player and a songwriter. And he's really good. Cool. After that show, he was so good. He brought a couple of musicians with him and we had a nice little band and we played. And after the show, I said, Ethan, man, were you um, acting as, you know, the part of the guy with the guitar and stuff? He said, kind of, I guess, but no, I, I really do that. I said, I know you really do that. I'm just kidding you, you know? Uh, Ethan did one. Uh, Kevin Bacon, mm -hmm. him and his brother Michael have a band oh, yeah. called the Bacon Brothers. They're good. We, we did that. Um, so the portrait show. So anyway, we did a portrait show with Sarah Jarose, and yeah, that's probably on YouTube somewhere. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah. And you and Taylor, do you perform? Were you performing? We do. We do. Taylor is a very good songwriter, singer songwriter. Um, she's done ten or eleven CDs over the years. You know, we just had our thirtieth wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. Beautiful. Very cool. Last week. Um, so yeah, when when we used to be able to play places, yes, we would play. Well, hopefully eventually soon, sooner than later. I think it's gonna take about six months if all goes well. Hopefully by like May, June, we'll be up and playing. We just I just got a call today and they booked a live show for the end of May. Good. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Let me get your website one more time for people. Okay. Uh, do I know what it is? I have it on my show blog. Yeah. Do you is it, it? gesmithmusic.com? gesmithmusic. That's what it is. Exactly. All right. Yeah. I don't pay obviously too much attention. I'll get in trouble with Taylor, but, um, <laughs> she's so good at, at, at keeping the business stuff together. You know, like I said, she found Leroy and she called Leroy up and, and got him. The two of um, you just compliment each other. Well, like most of the time, I think we do, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, but if you go on YouTube and, and, and put my name, there's, there's lots of stuff just by virtue of that I've been around for a while now, you know? So there's, there's lots of videos of me playing with, with different people and um, in different situations. I love it. Well, I really enjoyed this. I wanna thank I you so much. It's fun. And when I can fly, I, cause I often come to Manhattan or new, you know, New York, different parts of New York. Love to meet you in person sometime. Yeah. And when you do perform live, I'd love to be there. Live, I love. Are those shoji screens back there behind you? This Japanese is a oh, it's a <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. It fooled me. I fooled everybody. I, I was trying to, I was trying to feel, figure out the perspective is weird. That desk thing, isn't it? How far in front of that desk is she sitting? It doesn't look. I know. It, I should fix that, shouldn't I? You're no, good. No, it's actually, it's actually good because yeah. the stuff we have back, the other stuff in the back looks great. The, the, the shoji screens or whatever they are, they look great. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah.